Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love, all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. Let's get started. Hello, my She Did It Her Way listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This week, we have a guest interview with the lovely Meredith McCarty, and she is the owner of McCarty Virtual Solutions, which is a full service virtual assistant agency and outsourcing expert. She has been working one-on-one with business owners for the past two years on how to most efficiently outsource to a virtual assistant to maximize revenue and minimize costs, time-consuming tasks, which, hello, I love that. We love that. She was born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa. Yes, another Iowan. And after many moves for her husband, Alex's career, she currently resides outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And after the third move in four years, she decided to create the lifestyle she desired and used all of her experience that she had gained in the corporate world to begin her own virtual assistant company. Thus, McCarty Virtual Services LLC was born. Well, Meredith, welcome to She Did It Her Way. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. And yeah, the Des Moines, Iowa, I was like, yes, another (laughs) island. I love it. Yes, I know. And some of you, if you're new to the podcast, I'm also from Iowa. I'm from Dubuque, but welcome to the podcast. When did we, we met when? At the summit, right? Is that when we met? Yeah, it was the summit. It was actually, it's kind of like a lesson to new entrepreneurs of just kind of putting yourself out there because I had just cold emailed you um, because I saw that, you know, you were from Iowa too, and you were kind of an ideal client because we work with coaches. So I was like, Hey, I'm Meredith. You know, if you ever want to chat, let me know. And then, yeah, we got connected and I went to the summit and now I'm here. So I know I love it. We do an annual summit 2020. We did it virtually online and it was epic. You can actually still go ahead and check out the recording if that's of interest, but hopefully this year we'll be able to go in person. I I think it's so valuable to be able to connect with others in person. And there's just this energy about a room that you can do the best to recreate in a virtual room. And sometimes the virtual room can be great because other people across the world can attend that, but there definitely is something special about being in person in the, in the summit. So hopefully we can be in person later this year in 2021, yeah, which which would be epic. Well, tell us a little bit, like take us back to your journey of the leap story. A lot of listeners are tuning in, thinking about starting a business maybe they're side hustling or maybe they just took their leap, but like share your leap story. Yeah, sure. So um, kind of like it said in my bio, my family, uh, because my husband's career moves every year and a half to two years. So it was a pain to say the least of having to move every, you know, two years and figuring out a new nine to five to start. And then knowing in my heart that I was going to be leaving, but they obviously didn't know that I didn't share that in the interview, but it was kind of just halting my career in general of growing because I felt like every time I started I had to stop so and Mm. I actually never ever loved a nine to five I knew I was never meant to be in a nine to five but you still think like you get your education and you it's just what you're supposed to do Mm. so it wasn't until I moved to Newport Rhode Island and that was in 2018 and I realized like I just can't keep doing this so I just googled like what can I do from home I was even thinking like I'll take a career that I can just do remotely from home and you know that would be good enough and then I was like why wouldn't I just work for myself and figure it out so a virtual assistant you know came up one of the first things and I just dove in and I was set on this is what I'm going to do and I'm never going to go back <laughs> once I was committed I I love that so did you just like 
commit and then walk in and quit? Or was there some sort of, how do I say it? Integration period, if you will. Yeah. So it was more like we knew we were going to be moving. And so I had to give my two weeks anyway. So it was like, I'm just going to not look for a full-time job. I'm going to give myself time to get us, you know, situated in our new city. And I just decided I would see what the virtual assistant was all about. And if I had to get a job, I would have, but I was really putting my eggs in my basket saying, I'm going to make this work. And I had no plan B, which is also why I think I was successful and successful Mm. so quickly is because I didn't have anything to fall back on and I didn't want anything to fall back on either. Yeah. And that's so good. And I'm glad you shared that because that transition, that leap, that journey is so different for everyone's experience. And I think it's important for those of you tuning in to recognize and understand that your leap journey and transition is going to be different from one person to the next. Every business journey is so different from one to the next. And I think that nugget of knowing ultimately just don't compare yourself and don't compare your journey and life to others and keep your business, your business and mind your own business. What was like tactfully one of the first steps that you took, you put in the two week, you guys moved and you got settled. And then what, what tab, what website did you go to? Yeah. So I actually took the, it was called the virtual savvy at the time. It was Abby Ashley's uh, course. Yeah. So I took that was one of my first things that I did. I probably took it two months after I had started just to see like, honestly, if I was on the right track, cause I really was just, you know, throwing anything at the wall, seeing if it would stick. Cause I did have a lot of experience in different areas in the nine to five. Cause I always had to find new jobs. So I had sales experience. I had marketing experience. I had all of these things that I could roll into starting a business anyway. So that was actually the first course that I took, but really mm-hmm. I just dove into like research and figuring out meeting people, talking to people, reaching out, really networking, things like that. Yeah. I love that you shared that you took a course and that you also networked and dove right in because I think oftentimes if we've never done something before, we don't have that evidence or proof for our brain to see it as possibility. And if Mm -hmm. we're not careful, our primitive brain wants to keep us comfortable. And so it's easy for it to repeat what we've done in the past, which is why it's really hard work to grow and become a different version or change and and change a mindset in that, in that capacity. And I think that for anyone who's listening and thinking about whether it's starting a product-based business, whether it's starting an online business, whether it's being a virtual assistant, like one search for teachers that you can learn from and invest, because that is one of the biggest things is knowing that your time is so precious. And if you can learn from someone and go straight to the source, it's going to save you so much time and energy, and it's going to allow you to accelerate your growth and to find Facebook groups, dive in, make connections, listen to the podcast, create a community and attend in-person events because, or virtual events in this landscape, because that's going to help so much. Like you don't know what you're going to surround yourself by and there's really nothing, nothing to lose. So I'm so glad Meredith that you shared that. Tell us about the first year in business and what that was like from tactical, but also emotional. Yeah. So I guess my vision was that I was going to start this business and then I would start to slowly see growth, but actually it was growth almost instantly. Like I had to hire my first VA to help me out on the back end. I think two months after I started and I was not prepared at all, even though I am a VA and I know what should be done. And that's why I kind of preach now what I do. And I consult business owners on how to outsource efficiently and to get ready before you're even at the step of hiring Mm. because that's so important. But yeah, so we grew quickly. I had to bring on team members. Um, I actually was working a ton, which was 
kind of almost the opposite of what I thought it would be like. I thought it would be like, I could work when I wanted and it was, you know, but it was like, I was working way more hours. I'm working way harder than I ever thought in a nine to five, I would have been. So it was emotionally difficult until you kind of make those connections with people. And you're like, okay, I'm not by myself doing this. I, there are other people that are struggling with things similar, and this is kind of how they got better at it. So just constantly learning. That's the big thing when you're in your business is you're constantly going to be pivoting. You're constantly going to be learning. And so making those connections, having coffee dates, just whenever, no matter what is always been helpful for me from the beginning. Yeah. It's never going to be, it'll never be perfect. And it's almost like business is such the best training ground for personal development because you're called to really challenge your beliefs and challenge your identity and really let go of everything being perfect because it is full of pivots, especially so early on in the beginning. What do you think attributed to the fact that you got clients so quickly and you had to hire another VA to help assist your work? Yeah. So I think what grew was finding clients. One was really, I put a referral program in almost immediately and it was like people just referred me like crazy. And not just Mm. because there's a referral program. I do think that was a big part, but also because I was servicing my clients so well. So if you find people you enjoy working with and then you take care of them, they are going to refer you. So Mm. in that first year, I think, I mean, now it's, a lot different just because I've again grown as a business owner and I know what's important to do day to day. But back then, I don't think I was hardly doing any sales calls that were cold. They were all people that had been referred to me. It was almost, it was just an easy, like hot, warm lead that I just had to get on the phone with. And we kind of talked about our process. And so um, that was really just take care of your community and show up to your audience and they will push people towards you. And that will help with your marketing efforts as well. Yeah. Sometimes there can be such a focus on getting more, 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 but the, the, key is to take care of the people who are already there because by doing so that will attract and bring more people in. And I love that you mentioned referral strategy because that is one of the easiest way to create those warm leads that then can convert into clients. You go on Amazon to go purchase a product. First thing I do is I look at the reviews. What are people saying? What are they thinking? Do they really value the product? And that's such a great point. How did you narrow down what you wanted to specialize in when it came to offering your virtual assistant services? Yeah. So this is, it's a, it's a big one. So I always, tell I also coach VAs that want to be VAs. Um, So I tell them you can, you know, niche down in different ways. So a lot of times the first thing people are going to assume is I have to niche down with my services. Well, I was a general VA. There was nothing that I did that was quote unquote specialized when it comes to like websites or branding or whatever that looked like. So I knew I was going to do general VA services, but what I specialized in was who I was working with. So I specialized Mm. in working with the coaching industry. So I actually was like, I'm just going to jump all in with that niche and I'm going to brand myself as the VA for coaches. So that was the first thing that people saw when they came to my website, the VA for coaches. And it was like, if you're a coach, you're automatically drawn to me, right? So um, that was also a huge part of our growth was the fact that I had branded myself the VA for coaches and I really niched down on who I serve, not so much the specialty. That's so good. I mean, even just hearing you say that you could be a VA and niche down to real estate professionals, a VA and niche down to health 
healthcare professionals, right? Like if you're overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, I got to pick whether I do design, whether I do course creation, it's no, I actually just pick a market and industry and niche down that way. That's such great advice. Well, tell us then a little bit of your journey. So you launched in 2018, you started out, you had to bring a team on. It's now 2021. How has your business evolved and what were some of the highs and what were some of the lows and learning moments? So we've changed a lot. Like we were talking about earlier, we pivot, right? So obviously COVID was something that nobody expected. And unfortunately, so many people were negatively affected, but for people that were on the online space, and I speak for myself, is we only grew because of it. And that was because so many people were shifting to need online services, right? Mm. So our journey with the pandemic was a little different, but now we look like it goes back to what I was saying about being a general VA is that we are kind of the one-stop shop now. So now I have a social media manager on my team. Now I have a podcast manager on my team. So I have all of these specialties of people that are on my team so that now when people hire us, again, we're that one-stop agency. That's changed a lot that it's not just me. In my personal life, I have had a baby. So that completely changed everything as well. And with the pandemic, you know, there's not really much daycare and all that kind of options. So my hours were limited each day. So it was the shift of how am I going to spend those few hours of a day that I have to make the most impact in my business. So for me as the business owner, that's doing the sales calls, that's doing, you know, podcast recordings like this. Those types of things I knew I really needed to step into. So a big initiative in 2021 is I'm going to be getting out of actually doing any client fulfillment. I've done a really good job where I'm about 90% there, but that's a big piece of what we're going to be pivoting to is that we're really going to change how we work with clients when it comes to the day-to-day. So yeah, we've, we've had a lot of different things happen. We changed our services so that we're still offering the monthly services, but something I kept hearing over and over from mm-hmm. business owners when I would get on calls is, you know, well, what do I even outsource? What do I need to set up? So it was a lot of not even knowing how to do the first step. So now we offer VIP days as well. That really sets up that back end before they hire a virtual assistant, because that is vital to the success of your team is having everything set up and ready before you ever think about hiring a VA. Yes. That, Ooh, I do, I, you know how much I love processes and mm-hmm. systems. So that even this, this conversation really gets my brain and the juices <laughs> flowing. Cause I'm like, Oh yes. And I know even some people might be tuning in. Some of you might be listening and thinking, okay, I can't even think about hiring someone. I can't even think like, it's just too early or I'm not there yet. Right. But even Meredith, you said it's getting yourself in a position to getting ready to get ready to get ready and being in that space. And like one example that I think it's not even with business, but my husband and I are hoping to buy another investment property that we'll eventually move into. And that might not be for another four or five months, but I am taking photos of our apartment that we currently are like unit that we live in to get ready for it, to like bring that energy in. And I think that could go for the same thing as, you know, setting up those systems and in your business. So I would love for you to share what are some really simple and easy things that business owners, whether they're new, regardless of how far along they've been in their business, but like what can business owners do to set themselves up in a position to be ready to make that first outsource to a VA or an employee. I love two things for business owners to start, no matter how soon you are looking to hire on a virtual assistant. One is creating a video library of, and I know you're a big fan of them, (laughs) uh, of everything that you're doing in your business. I want you to download Loom onto your computer and record yourself doing it step-by-step. Even if you know that it's not going to, someone's not going to take this particular task off your plate. 
soon or whatever it looks like, I want you to record everything that you do on a weekly, monthly basis, especially if it's a recurring task. That's number one. Uh, number two, I would say create a home base, quote unquote home base yeah. in your project management system and your Google Drive, wherever you're in the most. And we kind of go more into project management systems, but this will be the place where your new VA or subcontractor or whoever it is can go to get information that they might need without having to go to you first. So your bio and your headshot should be there. You can put your SOPs there of how things are done. You can put your working schedule, how to do anything. If there's any like FAQs or whatever, I want you to put it into a folder for your VA to have access to so that once you bring on a VA and you onboard them, you should already have yourself set up that you're not answer simple questions, if that makes sense. You should give them all of the tools to be successful right from the start. Yes, yes, yes. And I think we do that too. So we use Asana and we've created a team Mm -hmm. and a team and then a project. I think maybe I might be mixing those. I can't remember, but basically it's a training library. And then I'll take videos of me doing something that I know that I ultimately want to outsource. I'll use Loom and then I take that link and then I basically categorize it within Asana. And it is so incredible on how much time and energy that saves, especially like thinking about um, if you're creating content, whether it's podcasts, whether it's blog, whether it's a YouTube, like where can you create these processes or identify a repeatable process that you can then create a template for so that even if you are still plugging yourself into the process, you've created it to make it easier for when you hire someone to teach them. What advice do you have when someone, let's say they've documented processes. And one quick thing I want, want to talk about too, is I think when we're just starting out, we assume that we have to hire someone to work for us for 20 hours a week. But Mm -hmm. from your experience, Meredith, I mean, talk to us a little bit about that kind of squash that limiting belief. Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we don't anymore just because our, we've become more of an agency, but before I would work with people on five hours a month. If you find a package that makes sense for you and for them, I say, why not? So yeah, I mean, we've had as little as five hours a month, had as big as 40 hours a month. So really it's totally whatever you want to do that's the glorious part of having your business. It's whatever. Um, But yeah, you can find somebody to do. There's so many VAs out there that are looking for work that if you just needed somebody an hour to a week, that would be perfectly fine. Yeah. And I think that's actually flipping it. It's also inspiration for anyone who's tuning in and thinking about virtual assistant and becoming one and thinking I need all this time. But you just heard Meredith say that people are looking to hire people for two hours a week. And it's a great way to scale yourself up and get your feet wet and experience that. What advice do you have for someone who is looking to bring on their first VA? How do they go about finding someone who's a good fit? What are some do's and don'ts? I have to say what you just said. So it's kind of funny. I do have the unique experience of being the business owner and VA. So I do jump back and forth. (laughs) I'm like, the VAs are my people, but I am a business owner. So I understand too. So to find the right VA, I've heard so many times business owners say like, I can't find that VA that sticks or I've had VAs come on my team and it never works out. So my question is always, why didn't it work out? Right. Mm. Or have you set them up for success? So as a business owner, I have a team of five. It is my responsibility to make sure that they're successful. They should have everything at their fingertips 
to be able to serve our clients well and be successful. So it is up to the business owner to make that happen. But some of the things when you're looking to bring on a VA to think about is one, don't be desperate to find a VA and hire immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, Desperate attracts desperate, right? So if you are thinking about hiring a VA, start the process earlier than later. That's what I would say. Um, If you wait until you're overwhelmed, then you won't onboard appropriately and it won't work out 99% of the time. That would be one is don't wait too long. Two would be what questions are you asking in your job application and what are you putting on your job description? Are you putting the values that your company has for their foundation? So look at the values and if you're hiring based on those values. If you want to hire somebody, I guess one of your values is being responsive. I've seen this um, example before. If it's being responsive, but you have somebody that only is doing it as a side hustle and might be not unavailable during the day, that's probably not a good fit, right? Mm. So keep in mind the values of your business and if they also are in line with those values. Another thing would be, I always like to add a video submission onto my job applications. And I do that because like we just talked about, there's so many VAs looking for work that I like to make it an extra step for people to show me that they go the extra mile. So if I add a video submission into my job application and it's easy, it's like, just, you know, say who you are and all that. It will cut down my applications by 75% easily. Oh, no Um, way. Oh, yes. I get hundreds if I don't. And if I do, it will get narrowed down to about 20 very quickly. (gasps) Wow. So finding somebody like qualifier. Yeah. Right. Cause that's important. And I do put on the job application. If you're unable to submit a video, tell me why. So, you know, I, I take into account, like if someone's like, Oh, I can't right now because I'm out or whatever it might be. But, but yeah, I like to see who goes the extra mile because they will go the extra mile for our clients, which is really the important piece of that. So those are kind of my three tips to finding the right VA. And then it's not so much a tip, but it's just, you know, the next step in the process is onboarding. What does your onboarding look like? Because the onboarding is so vital to the success of your VA as well. So many yeses. And I can, I can just also agree where I have, I'm thinking about the times when I've like missed the mark of either onboarding or communicating. Thankfully, a lot of the, my team has been with me for quite a bit of time, but there were definitely moments where we think as business owners, we think that are, or at least I did that the virtual assistants and people that work for us can read our mind. And that Mm -hmm. is just not the case. And it really trains you to be super explicit and very crystal clear and over communicate what it is that you want done. And I think it really requires us to recognize hiring someone is like, it, it is an investment. You spend more time and energy up front, but the better that you lay the expectation, the, the more, I don't know, stringent you are about the qualifying and hiring process, like the less work you're going to do on the back end, and they're going to make your life easier when it comes to that. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, it takes so much work to hire. Why wouldn't you want to do it right the first time? Everybody is going to have a hiring fail. I had a hiring fail. Like I just said, I hired a VA two months after I started my entrepreneur journey and it was a total fail. And it was 100% my fault because I waited too late. I was desperate. I was overwhelmed. So I hired Mm. somebody that was great, but I did not lead them appropriately. And that's your role as a business owner is to be the leader and make sure that they're successful. Yeah. And I will say, if you're listening, do not let the fear (laughs) that you're going to have that failure or not get it right. Stop you from taking that next step of really 
really understand because I, I think Meredith, like you said, we all have those quote unquote failures. I mean, running a business definitely puts you in that space where you're like, yeah, I probably would have done that differently and I'm going to mm. do it differently next, but you just don't know until you just take that leap. So, and just do it right. A massive totally. action produces massive results. That's how the business grows and that's how we grow. So tell us a time when it was like, I don't like using the phrase mistake because I think I label mistakes in a way of learning opportunities. So tell us a time when you had your like OSM. So your oh shoot moment where it just, you're like, crap, what did I do? I guess mine would probably be related to not even when it came to outsourcing in general, it was more working with clients that I didn't particularly enjoy just Mm. because it was going to be revenue in my business. I had kind of talked about how we're pivoting in 2021. That's a big piece of our pivot is working with business owners that are totally aligned with us as well. So it's not just your team being aligned with you, but who are you working with and are they aligned with you? So that was probably my biggest roadblock was because I'm such a quick start, financially Mm. driven person as a lot of business owners are, but realizing that maybe you have to take a cut in revenue, but you can fill that space with joy and love and that stuff's priceless. So figuring out who you want to work with and grow with is really important. And you only learn that by working with people and figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a great point too. And yeah, you only learn that through working with people. And I think in the beginning, like you were saying, it's really about client acquisition of working, Mm -hmm. understanding who do you like working with, the personalities, what do you excel at? And I think as a recommendation, because sometimes our brain can get too much in the weeds and we start to major in minor things is if you're starting your business journey, I would look at it as, okay, for the first year of my business, I'm just going to really say yes to every opportunity. And I am going to, or maybe six months, whatever that looks like, focus on with your head down and on the process just to get the experience. And then you'll know that point in that, in your business stage where you'll start to notice, okay, you know, these are some red flags. I can tell that if someone's, for example, emailing and asking a lot of questions about the course and having some trepidation and uncertainty before we even start to work together, they might not be a really good fit for the services because if they're uncertain at this point and they're asking a lot of questions, it's possible that they might not be committed to the long term. And so identifying that, but yeah, in the beginning, just get that experience to really peel back and understand what it is that you like doing and, and not doing. Tell us a little bit about kind of transitioning into your personal experience and some of the things that way that you guys operate, what are some of the, your favorite software tools that you use? Well, our project management software is teamwork and Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. It's if there was any other, like if I only could use one system in my business forever, it would be teamwork. And that's because it's so all in one for me. It is on the pricier side compared to maybe some other project management tools, but I like the all in one aspect of it. So I love teamwork. We use Google Drive. And honestly, those are really the big two ones because teamwork just has everything. It has our chat. It has the time tracking for my team. It has just has so much stuff that it really, it it narrows down. I used Dubsado for a CRM system, but I didn't really pay for systems until I had revenue in my business, which is a big thing too, is figuring out what systems you can use for low cost when you're starting out. And then you can shift to more, maybe those all-in-one that have a little more cost associated with them. 
love that. Keep it lean, especially from yes. the start, because there's a lot of things that you can do without spending a ton of money. You can create a spreadsheet to track your expenses manually and to track the money coming in and maybe a little bit more time labor intensive, but it's such a great solution for the beginning. If you're trying to stay cost efficient and PayPal, you can do PayPal invoicing, all that stuff. So that's great. Even when you do grow, it's just so important to look at every month about the systems you're using. Are you still mm. using them? Do you still need them? So it's an ongoing process of making sure that it's lean and saving money where you can, right? That's important. So yeah. And then if you can access automation to save you time and energy, that's, yes. that's really key too. That's another piece of like, where can you automate to really streamline to see my brain gets revving. <laughs> I know it's, it's such a fun topic. I know. And my husband is very much also someone who is like, how do we lean? How do we automate? How do we systematize? And so sometimes like we'll spend Saturdays going through all our personal <laughs> things and cleaning things out. And I think some people would be like, that's so weird, but to us, we <laughs> love it. And so we're just going to go with it. You would just have to own it. Share with us, like what's a non- negotiable in your life? So the big non-negotiable now is working Mm -hmm. with clients that I enjoy working with. Like I was saying earlier with having a baby, I only have so many hours a day because I really, really try when she's awake to be with her and to be Mm -hmm. fully present there. And then when I'm working, when she's napping or in bed, then I'm fully working. When I am working, do I enjoy what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with? Right. So that's a big piece of it. So I would probably say that would be the biggest Yeah. Yeah. What's been, what's one of your favorite books of all time? And it could be nonfiction or fiction. That's a good one. I actually am so late to the game, but I'm reading currently girl, wash your face. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so late. And then is it, she's a badass or. Oh, Jensen Caro. Yes. yes, You are a badass. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That one. She's amazing. She came on the podcast probably two or three years ago. I think. I remember that actually. Yeah. 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 She's, she's great. What is the best $100 or less purchase one can make in their business? So I would say from a business owner perspective, it would be a project management system. Even if you don't have a team yet, it's so helpful to be able to pull up one system and see what you should be doing that day. What is your next outsourcing hire? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. We recently just hired a podcast manager. Like I said, I think the next hire is going to be a copywriter. I love Mm -hmm. it. What's one of your favorite inspirational quotes? or like mantras? Ooh, so actually it's not like a famous mantra, or at least I don't think so. But somebody told me early on, even before I ever thought about owning my own business, um, do what you love and the money will follow. Mm-hmm. And so whenever there's a tough time in my business and I'm so just unsure, I always just think about that quote of do what you love and the money will follow. Even not money, but being able to wake up on you know, I never know what day it is. And that's because yeah. I love, I love what I do. Right. When you're in a nine to five, you're like, well, at least in my case, I was like, oh, it's Friday. Thank goodness. But now it's like, it could be Monday, Tuesday, whatever. I enjoy what I do. And that to me is success. So. Yeah. And priceless. Yeah. Priceless. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So amazing. All right. Final question I have for you is where can my listeners connect with you, learn more about you and yeah, check out what it is that you're, you've got going on. Yeah. I'd love to talk to anybody. So my website is McCarty, M-C-C-A-R-T-Y-V-S.com. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram probably the most, and that's McCarty Virtual Services, LLC. I just got on Clubhouse. I'm yes. so cool about that. <laughs> Um, so I'm on there as a uh, McCarty VS as well. So love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the, she did it her way podcast. And I'm so excited for our listeners to tune into this. Thank you so much, Meredith. Yes. Thank you. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to shedidaherway.com where you can access the entire vault of She Did It Her Way podcast episodes. And you can also access free trainings and resources all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review letting me know what you love about the She Did It Her Way podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way.